Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Christian Skeptic. I'm your host, Sean Kerwin, and as always, it's my mission to take an honest look at our questions about Christianity through the lens of logic and reason. I'm not here to preach at you, just to start a conversation with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Is the earth flat? <laughs> this, this is the question you all have been waiting for, right? Yes. Okay, well, thanks for tuning into the show. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I feel like my answer should be obvious to anyone who's listened to this show for a while. Obviously, no, the Earth isn't flat. There is a vast wealth and depth of knowledge that shows us that the Earth is a sphere, just like other planets, just like other stars in our solar system, our galaxy, and our universe. So I'm not even going to touch this. If you want a scientific or an evidential conversation uh, based on whether the Earth is flat or not, there's plenty of other material out there, and this isn't the podcast for it. But suffice it to say, the Earth is most definitely not flat. The Earth is a sphere. The Earth rotates on an axis and revolves around the sun 365 days to equal one year. Um, I said that really weird. Oh, well, moving on. The next question is, does the Bible say the Earth is flat? Because... From Old Testament to New Testament, there's this phrase called the four corners of the earth or the four winds of the earth. And it, and I'm referencing Revelation 7-1 when I say the four winds of the earth. Um, and multiple verses when I say the four corners of the earth. Psalm 75 says when the earth and all its people quake, it is I, God speaking, uh, who hold it, hold its pillars firm. 1 Samuel 2-8 also refers to the pillars of the earth. And Deuteronomy 13, Job 28, Psalm 48, Proverbs 30, and other passages also reference this other phrase called the ends of the earth, right? Like Deuteronomy 13. The gods of the peoples who are around you, whether near or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other. So what does that mean then? Does that mean the Bible teaches a flat earth? Well, no, not necessarily. And there are other passages that leave room for a spherical earth, like Isaiah 40, verse 22. It says, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. And so in studying for this, I think the main answer that I'm kind of coming to in this conclusion is no, the Bible doesn't teach a flat earth and the Bible doesn't teach a spherical earth. And it doesn't have to because the Bible is not a science textbook. And we've talked about this before, specifically in the conversation we had about evolution, right? Where Genesis 1, 2, and 3 answers the question, who is this God, right? It doesn't answer how did this God create everything. You see, Moses is credited with writing the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Genesis being that creation book of the Bible, hence the name Genesis. And Moses is writing this in the desert, right? He's writing this in, in the desert as the children of Israel are wandering around for 40 years. They had just come out of Egypt. And I know if you listen to the evolution episode, this is a little bit of a repeat, but I feel like it's important we get this point across. But the children of Israel had just come out of Egypt, worshiping in a polytheistic society. And, and, and I don't know, maybe most of them tried to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Maybe a lot of them didn't. Either way, culture shock is happening right now. They're in the desert. There is no culture. Culture must be 
created here. And so Moses goes up to Mount Sinai daily to receive word from God, instruction for how the people are to live, and he comes back and he writes these things because God instructs him to do so and instructs the the children of Israel to write and teach and teach their children how to read so that they would know this. And you have to throw this into context, right? This is the middle to late Bronze Age that these are being... uh, these events are happening in history. And every other culture has a god. Every other society, Mesopotamia, Egypt, the the, the Samaritans, sorry, the Sumerians, um, the Assyrians, everyone around them has a, a god of their land, a god of their culture. And here are the children of Israel thrown into the wilderness, no culture, total chaos all around them, just trying to survive, dwelling in tents, wandering around 40 years, Moses is answering the question, who is your God? Not how did your God create anything, because Genesis 1, 2, and 3 don't tell us how, other than the fact that God spoke, don't tell us how God created anything, right? So the Bible doesn't answer whether evolution is true or false. And I'm getting off subject here, but it's the same thing with the flat earth. The Bible doesn't answer whether the earth is flat or a sphere, And it doesn't have to because it's not a science textbook. Now, that does bring up another question. Did the original biblical authors believe the earth was flat? And the honest truth is I don't know and we don't know. But I would actually venture a guess. And so the rest of this episode is going to be some speculation. But it's okay. We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to kind of play around with some ideas here. But... My initial guess is yes, I think some of them actually did believe the earth was flat. I think some of the original biblical authors, it's very logical and very reasonable to assume that they believed that the earth was flat. And I mean, first and foremost, logic tells us that if the predominant view of a culture, a generation, or a a time and place um, in history believes one thing, then it's safe to assume that God's people aren't immune to those beliefs, especially when they have nothing to do with whether you're a Christian or not. And let me let me say that uh, carefully, right? Because you can be a Christian, and I'm refraining from from using inflammatory language, but you can be a Christian and be stupid, right? Like, <laughs> um, no offense to anyone who believes in the flat earth. Um, but, but let's be real. That view is stupid. Like there's so much evidence out there to say the earth is not flat, but you can still be a Christian and believe in flat earth. And and this goes for anything. You can be a Christian and be stupid about anything, right? Like (laughs) you can be a Christian and be stupid in an IQ level. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way, so please don't take it this way, but just follow the logic here because the logic is cold and, and doesn't necessarily care about words being offensive or not, right? But you can be a Christian and be stupid with finances. You can be a Christian and be stupid in relationships. You can be a Christian and be stupid in so many things because it's not your merit that makes you a Christian, right? It's not you having all the right beliefs and facts and opinions that makes you a Christian. It's the grace of a God who would come to this earth, whether round or flat, (laughs) and, (laughs) and hang on a cross and pay for your sins, and you don't deserve it. You've never deserved it. You'll never, you'll never be worthy or lovely enough to deserve the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, but he gives it freely out of his grace that anyone, flat earther or not, who would believe in Jesus could be saved, could be a Christian. And so let's just get that out of the way. 
that it's possible that David believed in a flat earth and then wrote beautiful psalms praising God. That it's possible that Moses or Joshua or John or Paul or any of the authors, it's possible they believed in a flat earth. But it doesn't change the message of the Bible. Now, why do I say that? Well, so let's let's have this thought experiment then, right? Um, so let's say let's say David. We'll take David because of the Psalms, because of the stories of him in First, Second Samuel, and let's say he believed the Earth was flat. Well, then we can make sense of some of the language about four corners or pillars that the Earth stands on, right? Then then we can make sense of some of the language he uses, but it still is figurative language with a heavy lean on imagery. And, and we shouldn't actually have a problem with that because the Bible is full of it. And particularly, like I mentioned, the book of Revelation, John describes these weird, fantastic creatures at the end of days that we kind of have to piece together what he meant because it's all imagery. And it's all imagery working with what he's known, right? And so there's the first point of logic why it's okay that some of the biblical authors may have believed in a flat earth is they didn't have spaceships. They didn't have satellites. They didn't have rockets. They didn't have cars, right? Like, so, so they're not going to have rockets. They're not going to have ways to, to shoot out into space like we do and get photos of the earth and say, yeah, definitely not flat. I mean, they hadn't even discovered equations for gravity. They hadn't even discovered equations for mass and, and motion. Newton's first laws weren't there. The laws of thermodynamics didn't exist yet. Oh, sure. They knew the principle of gravity worked. If you threw something up, it inevitably came back down. But there weren't mathematical equations and formulas and things to figure out what everything meant. But it doesn't mean they were stupid. On a psychological level, they were actually incredibly intelligent. I mean, man, read the Proverbs, but like really read them. Like on a critical literary analysis, read what Proverbs has to say, right? Like the, the biblical authors were smart. They were very, very smart. Maybe even smarter than we are today, even though we have so much more about science and math and and the universe written down in calculations. And I was going to say the word figured out, but I don't think we have it figured out at all. I think we've been able to model it and calculate it, but we don't have it figured out. We don't know why it is what it is. So let's get back to Flat Earth, because I digress here, right? But this is kind of a fun conversation anyway, because um, it's a little silly, because Flat Earth views are silly. Like... Again, don't be offended, but I mean, honestly, you should, I don't care. You can be a little offended if you think the earth is flat. Um, like you and I, we, we can be friends, but we'll be the kind of friends that like every time we talk, I'm going to take like that little joking jab at you. And, and you know, that's okay. I have friends like that. I'm sure you do too. It's, it's great fun, you know? Um, <laughs> but so let's assume then the, that the biblical authors believe that the earth is flat. Right? Let's assume then that the imagery that David uses with the pillars, let's assume then that the four corners, the four winds of the earth, all of that imagery does hinge on a preceding belief that the earth is not a sphere, that the earth is flat. Okay, let's assume then that that doesn't matter as far as faith and theology goes, because what you believe about God is more important than what you believe about the earth on an eternal and theological faith-based sense. That doesn't mean we distrust them either, right? Or maybe it does, but I think it doesn't. It's a bit like it's a bit like going to a mechanic, right, for car repairs. Um, when when your car breaks down, all of a sudden, you know, 
you're faced with this thing that you know nothing about, right? Say it's a transmission or something like that, right? So, so this transmission needs, needs repair because your car is not moving. It's not shifting into gear, right? And, and so, well, well, then it becomes this thing that you know nothing about and you're forced to trust someone else's opinion on it. Okay, so you go to a mechanic. He gives you a diagnosis. It needs a new clutch or whatever, right? And you trust him. You pay him the money. He replaces the clutch. You hop back in your car. It works. And... Well, there you go. You're on your way, and you don't you don't go back to the mechanic though, for other forms of advice, right? Like you don't go back to the mechanic and you know ask him to teach you biochem, right? <laughs> like 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 you don't go back to the mechanic and say like, you know, hey, like uh, I'm thinking of studying pharmacy. Teach me. Like, he doesn't know that. He's not an expert in that field of study. And I think that it's okay to have a similar view of the biblical authors, right? I, I think when we look at the Bible, we think, man, this is <laughs> the old acronym, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Like this is, this is supposed to teach me absolutely everything. It's supposed to be completely error-free. I'm supposed to trust that these people were the smartest people who ever lived in all of history, and they're not. Now, <laughs> and I said earlier, perhaps the biblical authors were smarter than we are today, but that's, that's generalizing. I don't think that the biblical authors were smarter than Albert Einstein or Stephen Hawking, right? <laughs> I don't even think that they were smarter than probably Stephen Jay Gould, no doubt there are people with higher IQs than the biblical authors, but the same grace we afford the mechanic to not be able to teach us brain science or rocket surgery is the same grace we should give the biblical authors to not be able to teach us every fact about science or medicine or the human body or the origins of the universe or the shape of the earth or, I mean, really anything except for what they are experts in. <laughs> and, and I laugh at that because... Man, they're not even, like, really good experts in what they teach, right? Like, I brought up David. He killed a guy and slept with Bathsheba and had multiple wives. I brought up the Proverbs. Like, Solomon? You want to talk about an imperfect dude who acted very unholy and ungodly for a large portion of his life? Look at Solomon. Paul, formerly Saul of Tarsus, killed Christians, persecuted the church. And so, I mean, there you go. I guess... If they believed in a flat earth, maybe that's one of the lower flaws that the biblical authors have. Because they're they're super flawed, right? And fair enough. That's okay. We don't read the Bible to learn who the authors were, right? We don't read the Bible to look up to heroes like you would in mythology. We don't hold David up like you would hold Hercules up, right? We don't we don't hold Moses to the same degree that someone would hold Zeus up to, right? We don't defend the perfection or the intelligence of the biblical authors like others do. I mean, there's... Uh, should I say this? Yeah, why not? I'm offending in this episode. We're having fun, right? There's a whole religion that defends this guy named Joseph Smith who was a criminal and insanely screwed up and they defend every word he's ever said and everything he's ever did as perfect and inspired by God. Man, thank God the Bible doesn't do that with the characters inside of it. Thank God the Bible shows us the consequence of David's sin, of Moses' pride, of Saul's threats and murder. Thank God the Bible shows us Peter falling and denying Christ, who he knew intimately as a friend for three years and walked with the dude daily. And then, you know, a little girl by a campfire is like, hey, do you know him? And he like curses and is like, F no, I don't know him. So hypothetical situation one. The biblical authors, sure, maybe they believed in a flat earth. 
doesn't change anything in the Bible. Doesn't mean we discredit them. Doesn't mean we look down on them as stupid. Again, in the same way you don't look down on the mechanic as stupid. Or, you know, maybe you do talk to a brain surgeon and you ask him to fix his own car. And he's like, I barely know how to, you know, turn the key on and pop the hood. And you don't call him stupid. And so, okay. Let's take the other hypothetical that maybe every single character and every single person who authored any page in the Bible had some special revelation by God where God showed them, hey, the earth is round. It's a sphere. It's not flat. And it it is important to point out that not every culture believed that the earth was flat. And it, it is very likely that around the time that Jesus was around and John and Paul and and Luke and John Mark and Matthew were all writing that perhaps some of the Greeks had maybe figured out or guessed that the earth could be round. And so I'm not assuming that every culture and every time period in which the Bible was written believed in a flat earth, but certainly it's no stretch of the imagination to assume that the middle to late bronze age, the iron age, some of those earlier parts of the old Testament were engulfed in cultures that believed the earth was flat. But let's assume the authors didn't. Let's assume they had a special revelation by God that the earth was a sphere. And fair enough, maybe they did. I don't know. I wasn't there. I just know what they wrote down. And that's all we have, right? That's all we have to go on. And they still write stuff like four corners of the earth, the ends of the earth, the pillars that hold up the earth, the four winds of the earth, stuff like that. Well, that's okay too, because as I just mentioned, it's imagery. And even today, you listen to any preacher, right, preach on the Bible, and there's cultural references and cultural nuances that apply to language that produces imagery in our minds. Because complete accuracy about everything isn't what the Bible's going for. As much as I I genuinely do like the, the phrase we teach to children in Sunday school, basic instructions before leaving earth, because, because it is a good phrase, right? And, and it is... It is right in so many ways that, man, if you want to know how to live life, turn to the Bible, right? If you want to know about human psychology, turn to the first five books of the Bible, because God lays out this law that isn't overbearing. It's like design instructions. It's like, hey, this is how you're designed. And if you want the most fulfilling, satisfying, responsible life possible, the first five books of the Bible are rich with that kind of instruction, right? And then you get to the Proverbs, and then you get to the epistles, and Paul writes letters on to the churches on how to live Christian lives. And man, the Bible is some really, it's full of good instruction on how to just orient yourself properly in the world. But it's more than that. And we can't just look at the Bible as some kind of instruction manual. The Bible is human history. The Bible is this thread of truth with a capital T and in the truest sense that runs the course of all human existence and everything we've been through, be it evolution or discovery of gravity or invention of, of anything, right? Like, like the Bible is this thread that runs from the beginning of time to the end of time, that runs through different cultural beliefs and nuances and values that humans hold on, on science and shape of the earth and sexuality and marriage and rights. And the Bible's made it through everything we've made it through. It's a thread of redemption. And and on one side of this thread is the great depravity, lostness, and hopelessness of humanity. And on the other side of this thread is the great love and grace of a God who didn't want to leave that humanity in darkness. 
And so, so to finish out this scenario, right? Maybe the authors had special revelation from God. The earth was, was round. And then you're thinking, why didn't they tell everyone the earth was round? And it's like, that's not the, that's not the question being answered here. It's not, we need to spread the message of the earth is round or and you definitely don't need to spread the message. The earth is flat. Like if, if that's you just stop. Okay. Like <laughs> anyway, not the podcast for it. Um, but the biblical authors didn't, you know, if they had this revelation, they didn't need to go around spreading the message that the earth was round. Cause that's, that's not going to save anybody from hell. There's so much more to preach about than whether the earth is flat or round. That's not the message. And we can get lost in arguments that have no eternal consequence. Because a lot of that stuff can be solved at the end, right? Paul wrote, Now we see through a glass dimly, but in that day we shall see in full. And of course he was speaking to knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing the creator, the redeemer, the savior, and knowing why he did stuff. But it doesn't have to stay there. Like, like there's no, it's not illogical to think that on that other side of eternity, in that place, as Shakespeare put it, after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns, that place that puzzles the will that we know not of. It's not illogical to think that when we're there, in that undiscovered country, as Shakespeare put it, that we won't also see scientific facts in full. And maybe the biblical authors knew that. And maybe that's the final hypothetical scenario that we need to throw at, at this question is, Maybe it didn't matter if they believed in a flat earth or a round earth, but they knew in that day, in that undiscovered country on the other side of death, they would know everything because they'd be in the presence of God again. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this was all speculation. So uh, yeah, join the conversation. Speculate back at me. If you want to argue flat earth, I am not going to give you the time of day. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Um, <laughs> but if you want to talk about the biblical authors... Or you want to talk more about that undiscovered country, heaven, the other side of eternity. I'm all ears. Let's continue the conversation. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. <laughs>